0: Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well good morning I've got a lot to share today and um, I want to get right into our teaching and if you've got your Bibles, take them and go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter two is where we're primarily going to be at we're going to read a lot of other scriptures, but this story in Mark Chapter two is where we're going to primarily camp out. We're going to look at a very familiar story that you probably have heard before if you grew up in church. We've been in this series now for the last three weeks entitled Daring Faith. Everybody say Daring Faith. Big things happen in your life, in my life, big things happen in this church when we have Daring Faith, when we step out and we make decisions with our life that we say, God, I trust you so much that I'm going to do this. You know, we can all agree to, uh, today that, man, uh, I think we can acknowledge up front that most of us here today uh, our goal in life is to try to keep our life as safe as possible, and we make decisions that are as comfortable as possible, right? We make decisions that, in our life, that are comfortable. We are trying, we are looking for, man, I just want my life to be a nice little package. And I want to remind you in this series, this series is a part of challenging you that, that oftentimes God is going to Challenge you in a certain area of your life to move out of your safety zone. To possibly move out of an area of your life that you need to let your guard down. That you need to let your guard down and get to a place that you stop analyzing and overanalyzing what God has told you to do and obey him and do it. That's what this series is about. It's, it's, it's understanding that, man, God's going to challenge all of us to make decisions that we're not comfortable with. But what's exciting is that God has big plans for our life, and the next big, bold decision that you make in your life could be the one thing that brings about the next season that God is calling you to. So I want to look at this this scripture today in Mark chapter 2. I think it's an amazing, amazing, amazing story about a group of people that had some daring faith. The Bible tells us a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men... Came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And I want you to notice these next verses. It says, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. Everybody say, Crowd. Crowd. They couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, what did he see? What did he see? Come on, y'all got to play with me today or we're, y'all are going to make it to Luby's today. You're not going to beat the Baptist. Uh, <laughs> y'all got to wake up. Y'all got to sleep in today. Like, you know, if y'all talk back to me a little bit, it kind of makes me preach real fast and we'll get done. You'll get out of here real quick. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, uh, You know, Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven, and jump down to verse eleven and says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this before. And this is a story that a lot of you, if you grew up in church, you've heard. And, and I want to talk about a side of this story that maybe you've not heard before as we look at this passage of Scripture. You know, we don't know a whole lot about the paralyzed guy. We don't, we really don't know. We do know one thing is that he is paralyzed. He's crippled. We also know about this, this man is that this paralyzed guy, this crippled guy, had a group of friends he had some faith friends he had some faith friends that came along and said we see that this side of your life we see that you're crippled we see that you're paralyzed we're going to get you to Jesus and it's an amazing story that that you look at this and you see that 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 these four guys made a decision to have some daring faith. Now, what's amazing to me, and you maybe have never noticed this before about this passage of Scripture, but Jesus actually healed the paralyzed man not because of the faith of the paralyzed man. Jesus healed the paralyzed man, the crippled man. Why? Because he had a group of faith friends. He had a group of people That believed for him. This is great news. You know why this is great news is that it tells me and it tells you that it is actually possible for God to bring about a miracle in my life. Even when I don't have faith, but I'm surrounded with faith friends. You know that there's a difference in in friends and faith friends? Friends that are just friends are just people that hang out with you and they just kind of feed into your dysfunction. You know, most of our friends are people that are like us, right? They they just kind of struggle with the same junk and they kind of make us feel good. But do you know that just because somebody makes you feel good doesn't mean they're good for you? There's another level of friendship that you need in your life is that you do need some faith friends. You need some people. That even when you don't believe that you're going to get through what you're getting through, that even though you're struggling about a huge decision and you're like, I don't know, I don't see it in myself, you need a group of faith friends that will look you in the eye and say, listen to me, God has called you and placed you in this moment. You better step out. You know, this story could have gone so differently. Those four guys could have looked at the paralyzed guy and said, You know what, man, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if you should, like, trying to balance you. You've been eating a little extra lately, and picking you up on that mat's kind of like my back, my old back's kind of hurting. I don't know if that's a good idea for us to pull you up on the roof in this Palestinian sun and pull back the tiles and drop you in the presence of Jesus. I'm telling you, this story could have gone so differently. And what you see is, again, you see that the verse 5 it says, when Jesus saw their faith. How do you see faith? I mean, think about this question. Is Do you know that faith is actually intangible? It's, in, it's an invisible, it's invisible as a substance. You know how you see faith? You see it through action. Faith has to have some action to it. Most of us, what we believe, when we start to talk about faith, we believe, I have faith, I believe in God, and I believe he exists. But listen to me, the Bible tells us in, in, in God's word, in James 2, 17, that if your faith doesn't have action, It's dead. The Bible also tells us this in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible for you to please God. And I think that a lot of us, what happens is that we don't realize that the next level that God is calling us to do is that he's calling us to have some daring faith, and our faith has to have action. And I think it's so incredibly encouraging to all of us that God set it up, God designed it so that even though I don't have the strength to make those daring, I'm not talking about just a decision of where we're going to go eat. I'm talking about, you know what, I'm starting my own business. You know what, we're moving somewhere, or we're doing this, or, or, or you know what, I believe in our marriage, and I believe that, that if we'll stay committed to it, that's, those are daring faith, and sometimes what you need is you need somebody else that will believe for you, that will have some faith for you. See, I I think that what happens is that a a lot of us, is is our belief system is that we've never thought about the fact that our faith and other people's faith in our life actually can influence and affects God's work in our life. Our theme scripture is this in Matthew 9.29, it says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Let me say that again. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Maybe you're here today and you've kind of always had the belief system that, you know what, God's just gonna do what God's gonna do, and I can't, I can't affect or influence how God works, and you've just kind of had that belief system and and I, I want to just challenge you on that and, and say this is that you study the Bible, there are two different kinds of promises. One promise that you see over and over in the Bible is there are unconditional promises of God. Unconditional promises of God are things that are going to happen regardless of what anybody does. But there's also, the Bible talks about conditional promises. Conditional promises are the promises that you and I get to participate in with God. Do you know that your salvation is a conditional promise of God? Why is that? Because 1 John 1, 9 says this, If we confess, if we, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So you gotta, you got to understand this. And I think one of the, the, the elements that a lot of us are missing in our faith is this element of, of having faith friends. And again, I, when I talk about faith friends, I'm not talking about just, you know, like the people you just kind of hang out with. Do you have people in your life that are faith friends? That speak into your life that that you you, you you know that you can call that you can talk to that you that that man that you look at your life and some of the greatest decisions you've made in your life have been because of the decisions that you've made to have faith friends in your life that they are they come alongside and they've prayed with you they've spoken to your life and it's made a huge difference for you see one of the things that, that has to happen for you to have faith Faith friends is you gotta get past the crowd. Let me say that again. You you gotta get past the crowd. You gotta be willing to get past the crowd. You know, the, the paralyzed guy that, that, that was being carried by those guys that had daring faith, they had to help him get past the crowd. I believe a lot of us don't have faith friends in our life because we have let the crowd. Keep us from having faith, friends. We've let the crowd. You, you it's you know, it's very easy to come to church and just be an attender and get lost in the crowd. And probably the more churched you are, the more that you've grown up in church, the more you, more, you know, some of you that just got saved last week or two months ago, you don't know, like, like, there's people in here that, that have grown up in church since they were like babies, and they've seen a lot. They've been around a lot. And what happens is that, that there are people here today that you've been hurt by church people. How many of you know church people can be ugly? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't be ugly. I'm kidding, don't do that. I'm just kidding. Just making sure you're paying attention. Church people can be mean. They'll hug you and kick you in the shin. <laughs> They'll backstab you. Church people can be cruel. There's some of you here today that you were like, yeah, pastor. I, man, I've been, my, I, I've been so hurt in church that, man, I'm, I'm here and I'm a part of the crowd, but I don't want to get past the crowd. For some of you, maybe it's because the reason why you've never gotten past the crowd is because of the hypocrites. You kind of came along to church, and you started to get to know everybody, and you were like, God is awesome, and I love Jesus. And you were like learning new verses, and all of a sudden you realized that church was full of hypocrites, and you were like, wow. And you've allowed hypocrites to keep you in the crowd, and you've never moved beyond the crowd. I heard it once said that if if hypocrites are coming between you and Jesus, it means the hypocrites are closer to Jesus than you are. aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> I, don't take this wrong, but i i listen I listen to some of y'all and people and, and I've been doing this for twenty seven years in ministry, and I hear people all the time like, man, I've got hurt and this and that and all Church, listen to me, get over it. You need to stop being God's, the judge. Let God be the judge, but you got to decide, I'm going to move beyond the crowd. The crowd is imperfect. The crowd is full of dysfunction. And if you get caught in thinking the crowd is going to meet your needs, it is going to disappoint you. So listen to me, the power of the church is not found in the crowd. It's not be you being a part of the crowd. The power of the church is you moving beyond the crowd and allowing people with faith that are faith friends getting you in the presence of Jesus. You know, one of Michael Jackson's close friends was interviewed and he talked about Michael Jackson. And one of the things that, that he said is that the big mistake Michael Jackson made was he was trying to get his personal needs met by the crowd. Listen, I know you look around and everybody looks all cute today. It's eleven o'clock. Y'all got y'all look better than the nine thirty. <laughs> Those 9.30 people, they got up so early, they didn't have time to put on makeup and stuff. And y'all, y'all, like, got up early. Y'all had coffee. You, like, took a bath. Hair looks all cute and stuff. But people don't know your junk. They don't know your struggles. They don't know what area of your life is crippled. And I i, I couldn't tell you how many people end up in church because they're trying, they they, they fall into the false belief that the crowd is going to meet their needs. And so they're shocked that the crowd is not meeting their needs, that the crowd doesn't know. Listen, the crowd's not gonna shouldn't know all your personal junk. You go in the hospital, you you have problems, you have issues, you have struggles in your marriage, the whole crowd is not gonna know about that. You gotta get past the crowd you got to be willing, listen to me, to make a decision that my faith is not going to be limited to the crowd. Why? Because I need to get in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is the one that does the work in my life. And there are going to be moments, listen to me, the next level for you is that where you're going and what God wants to do in your life, it is going to require of you, That you're surrounded with faith friends that are going to speak into your life, that are going to call out something that you don't think is in you, but they see it in you because God is showing it to them. See, who you surround yourself with really does matter. It matters who you surround yourself with in your life. Do you know that when God gets ready to work in your life, he's going to use people? I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but some of us, man, we're praying and praying and praying for God to answer our prayer. And oftentimes, most of the time, God answers our prayer through people. Do you know that that God often loves us through people? That God oftentimes heals us through people? Relationships are your greatest, greatest resource. Now, I want to say something, and I want you to take it in the right way. But I believe the enemy wants to keep you where you are right now with the friends you have right now. That some of you have never broke out of the friendships that you're, you're so comfortable with your friends. And your friends are keeping you in your past. They're not moving you into your destiny. And I know it's easy. I'm talking about faith friends today and y'all are like kicking back and going, Pastor, Preach to these teenagers, they need to watch their friends. You tell those teenagers that they need to get good friends. And adults, we don't think about that. But you need some people in your life that, that are faith. I, I'm talking, let, hear me when I say that. You need some faith friends. I didn't say fake friends, I said faith friends. You need some people that are, man, they won't put up with you being paralyzed and crippled. Because they know the God that they serve is able to help you. I'm going to say something really profound, and, and I know some of you, it's going to go right over your head. But do you know that to have friends, you've got to be friendly? That's so deep. Some of you are like, Pastor, that's all you got today? Come on. I got up and came to church, and you're just telling me I need to be friendly? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. You need to be friendly. (laughs) Can I tell you sometimes, I know that, again, y'all probably going to get offended when I say this, but sometimes as a pastor, I just want to tell people to shut up. (laughs) So, So you're like, we're leaving the church. I do, because I hear people tell me, Pastor, I've been coming a long time to church, and I don't have any friends. And I'm like, and they're telling me all this stuff, and nobody wants to be my friend. And I'm like, well, are you friendly to anybody? (laughs) We just kind of like, we've got to, we're going around with like, you know, at the hotel that, that got the little thing you put on the door that says, do not disturb. This is what most of us do. We show up late for church, and we leave early. Some of y'all, oh, he's not going there. <laughs> Sit still. Don't get up and run off. We got this do not disturb sign on our lives, and we're not willing to invest and make, relate and, and make deposits into friendships and build those faith friends. Do you know that friendship is expensive? Some of you are bankrupt in your friendships. You're bankrupt when it comes to friends. Why? Because you've been giving out friends to everybody. You're friends with everybody. And emotionally, it takes a lot to be close to people, and, and it, it's a, it takes a lot of effort. It's expensive, and you're only going to have a few close faith friends in your life that you, you're like, you know what, I'm doing life with these people. This is a priority for me. It's expensive. But you know that you can't reap what you don't sow? You can't think that you can go make withdrawals from relationships where you need people to be in your life and speak into your life if you're not making any deposits. There's no deposits going on and you're shocked that there's nothing in there. You got to make deposits to have faith friends. You got to do life with people and you got to invest in relationships to say, man, this is important. Listen to me, parents, I want to just say this to you. It's so important for your kids to have faith friends. Your teenagers that are 15, 16 years old, 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, that are in high school, junior high, and and they need faith friends. This is why you need to make sure they're in youth group. They're in our youth services. I hear parents that are like, well, you know, my son, I don't know, they just don't want to go to church. They don't want to go to youth group and you're trying to sit around and baby them and pat them and like, dude, you're the parent. Do they want to go to school? No. You need to be the parent and say, listen to me, you need faith friends. You're going. Can I hear an amen? Amen. It's important. They need faith friends. Parents, listen to me. Do you know that you can be the person that has faith for your kids? Ooh, listen to me. Ooh, this is good. Listen to me. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are responding, but it's okay. I'm on fire up here, and y'all are like, okay. Do you know that you can have faith for your kids? Some of y'all look at your little kids, and you're like, these people are hellions. You call your kids people. These people in my house, I don't know whose kids they are, but they're not mine. And your words are describing, it's constantly going, I don't know about that kid. Man, who knows what they're going to turn out. Do you know that your faith, when you speak over your kids and you look at your kids, you ought to be speaking faith over them. There ought to be some daring faith that when you look at your son and your daughter, as crazy as they are, as delinquent as they are, that you look at them with some daring faith and you go, there's a man of God right there. Somebody's laughing. I'm telling you, it's daring faith. That's a parent of a teenager right there. They're 16 years old. You look at your daughter, man, maybe she's crazy. You look at her and you say, that is a godly woman. God's going to use her. In a powerful way, your faith can actually affect somebody else's faith. This is why, listen to me, I am challenging you. I'm begging you. You got to have faith, friends, for where God wants to take you. You got to have those kind of people that will speak into your life, that will believe for you. See, I'm really, to be honest with you, I'm really worried about this next generation that we're raising because we have When you think about what their definition of friendships are, we're raising a generation that has a false understanding of friendship. We really dumbed it down. The power of friends, and and listen to me, I know I sound old when I say this, but we've really kind of dumbed down the power of friends down to Facebook and how many likes we have. And we've dumbed it down to such a place that we, when you talk about the definition of a, of a, a faith friend and the definition of what the expectation that comes when I walk along somebody that has faith for me, we've dumbed it down. And part of it is is that we we raised a generation that's being raised by computers and iPhones. They're not being raised to. They're not being forced to engage in relationships. So they know that when they they touch their their computer or their iPhone that they're going to get a predictable response. And they get used to predictable responses. And the moment they get into a relationship that's a real friendship, and listen to me, real life, doing real world life with people, it's messy. It's unpredictable. You can't control it. And this generation sees they can't control it. So what they do is, is they pick up their marbles and they're going to exit those relationships. And we're living in a time where this generation does not have close friends. It's faith friends. It's you making a decision that you understand that you know what? Something powerful happens when I have faith and I put action. Do you Listen to me. Do you know that when you tithe It takes daring faith to tithe, to put God first in your finances. And sometimes you need your spouse or somebody. I've seen this so many times that a husband and wife, one will be going, well, I don't know if we can afford. Listen, you can't afford not to tithe. I don't know if we can't afford. Like, I'm so busy, and I don't think we can serve. And listen to me. It takes daring faith to serve. But do you know that God can use your faith, that you're saying, I have so much faith that even though I am crazy busy at work, I am going to serve in the youth group or with the kids or whatever because God's going to take my daring faith and use it to change somebody else's lives because I'm serving, I'm having daring faith for the next generation. See, where God wants to take us, listen to me, this is about you as an individual, but as a church, we've got to have that daring faith we got to be willing to say, you know what, we see this world that is lost. We see this generation. We live in a culture that is so far from God. It's scary. And listen to me. Some of you want me as a pastor to get political. You want me to do all these different things. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not getting political because, listen to me, last time I checked, politics don't change people's lives. Jesus Christ does. Two people clap, but that's okay. I'm telling you, listen, listen, the thing that changes people's lives is us having daring faith to believe. You know what? People out in this world that have never met Jesus Christ, that we say, man, God can take the little thing that I do that are maybe out out of the ordinary for me, this daring faith. God can take this and use this to change somebody's life. You know, there are people out there right now that don't even realize that you are the faith friend that God has called to stand with them. To have daring faith for them. And you have conversations with them and you feel it in your heart that you're like, you know what, man, I need to speak into their life. I need to challenge them. You know, in two weeks, we're starting our fall life group semester and I'm going to just tell you, I know you guys are busy, and we do, we do small groups. As you, you, talk, you heard Pastor Matt talk about our life groups and these small groups that we have. And, I mean, it's easy to just kind of go, well, this one more program at the church. No, these, what are we doing here? These are environments that we're, we have set up for you to find faith friends, that you find those friends that have faith with you. And I just want to challenge you. Don't let this next semester go by with just kind of excuses and saying, you know what, I don't need this, and I'm just kind of an introvert. And listen to me, none of you are more introverted than I am. I know you don't believe this. I am very introverted. You talk about having anxiety and all that stuff about being around people. I have all that stuff. But I've realized I need people, and you need people. And you need to make the decision to say this semester, I'm going to sign up because I need to be in a group. I need to find some people that have faith with me, some faith friends that I'm going to do life with them because I believe where God's taken me, I need that. I want to ask you to stand to your feet today and, you know, I want to dismiss you in just a few moments, but I want to ask our prayer team to come to the front and, They're making their way down to the front. They're going to stand across this front. And I, I want to just say this about our prayer team. I, I know a lot of times it's easy to kind of, you know, everybody to race out of here. But do you know that that our prayer team is amazing? And, and the reason why these people feel like they have this faith for you. They love to pray with people. And some of you today, you walk through these doors and you're like, man, I'm going through some of the darkest or the hardest season of my life. And You're struggling, and you are like, I need God. I need somebody to stand with me. You don't even maybe even feel like praying, and you are like, would somebody just pray with me? Maybe today it's the decision after we pray and dismiss that you say, you know what? I'm not going to race out of these doors. i got to make my way down to the front and find one of these people down at the front, and I, I need them to pray with me. I need them to pray with me. Would you step out today when I dismiss in prayer and come down to the front? I want to ask you to bow your heads today as we dismiss us. And as I said, after I dismiss, those of you that need prayer, just make your way down to the front. Father, thank you for your voice in our life that is constantly calling us out of our comfort zone. God, may we realize the big plans and the dreams that you have for our life. May we realize today that the power of having faith friends and people speaking into our lives, God, may we invest in those friendships. God, may we fight at all costs to gain those friends in our life that are constantly standing with us, that are picking up our mat, that are speaking into our lives, God that are challenging us with words of encouragement and, God, words of knowledge into our life, God. Father, today as we dismiss this service, I pray that you would speak so clearly into our lives. Embolden us, Lord, with a fresh, new, daring faith that, God, whatever area of our life that you're calling us to have faith in, God, may we be so bold to put action to it. Father, we thank you for this. God, go with us today as we dismiss this service. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.